All right, check it out. We got all kinds of good news for you today. We're also going to tap in and talk about the conscious and the subconscious mind. We've got a trip coming up all around the United States. It's going to be kind of crazy. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of GM3X. Let's go. Welcome to GM3X. I am your host, Glenn Lundy. I am a husband to one, a father to eight, and the founder of the 800% Elite Club. I hope you're ready for motivation, education, inspiration, celebrity interviews, and thought-provoking conversations. Because it's 5.30 a.m. and it's time to rise and grind. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? <laughs> We're doing some fun and different stuff this morning, uh, but super excited, super excited to be here with you. Today is, that's right, today is Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Friday, July 22nd, 2022. And what's crazy is today is the very first and... The very last time it'll ever be Friday, July 22nd, 2022. So what I want to do is I want to make sure we make the absolute most. And I do mean the absolute most of this absolutely incredible, incredible day. That's exactly what it is here this morning. I am currently coming to you live from Kentucky currently. And I use the word currently uh, intentionally because I am going to be leaving here shortly I will be heading out and I will be jumping on a plane and I will be flying to Dallas, Texas for just a brief stop. And then we will go through Dallas and ultimately we are going to head to um, Orange County, California. We're going to go to Orange County, California. We're going to be flying all through the air. I absolutely love flying. I love the clouds. I love the view. I love the angles. I love the experience. So I'm going to go meet up with uh, David Meltzer. If you don't know my friend David Meltzer, you need to check him out. He is an awesome dude who's got a couple shows. He's got a show on Apple TV. He's got another show on Amazon Prime. And he has asked me, which I am honored, he has asked me to be a celebrity guest host. Not that I'm a celebrity, but to be a celebrity guest host on his show, Two Minute Drill. So I'm going to fly out to Orange County. And a little bit later today, we will record two-minute drill. From there, I'm going to head to Austin, Texas, and I'm going to spend some time in Austin, Texas with my dear friend, Lisa Copeland. I am also going to meet up with my really wild and amazing friend, Alex Flores. If you don't know Lisa Copeland and Alex Flores, you're going to want to connect with them. They're absolutely amazing. Spend a little bit of time with them before I speak at an event in Austin, Texas. I'll be speaking at an automotive event which I'm super excited about. So for those of you that are watching the full production on Facebook, you'll notice I'm actually dressed today. (laughs) Normally I'm in some sort of like pajamas, a t-shirt, a hoodie, but I had to get up extra early this morning. Had to get up extra early so that we could put everything together so that I can go catch that flight. I'm going to head straight out from here. As soon as the show's over, I'm going to book it over to the airport. I'm going to make my way over to the West Coast. And so it's awesome 
because it should be a really fun experience, right? It should be super, super fun. We're going to have a a good time. I'm going to get to see a lot of my dear friends. We're going to get a lot of work done at the same time, but I'm going to put the miles in the air, which I love flying. Absolutely love that. I love traveling. It'll be fun. I'll miss the kids. I'll miss the wife. Outside of that, it's going to be fun. And it's funny because I was thinking about it this morning as much as I travel now, right? Which I travel a lot uh, comparatively, right? Comparatively, uh, I, I do tend to travel quite a bit. And so I was thinking about it this morning. And now travel to me is, is it's almost second nature, right? Travel is just easy. You go to the airport, you do your thing. You got to get up a little bit earlier. You get up a little bit earlier. Like it's not that big of a deal. But dude, when I was, the first time I ever flew on a plane was when I was 18 years old. When I was 18 years old was the first time ever in my life that I flew on a plane. And it looks like we're live on the personal page instead of the business page today. (laughs) I don't know what that's all about. If you're looking for the full production, the full production is at not, it's not at official Glenn Lundy. Like I said, it is over at just normal Glenn Lundy for some reason today, but that's okay. So I was flying at 18 years old for the first time. That I could remember. Now, when I was like three or four years old, I guess we'd done some traveling. But I was flying, and my first flight was to uh, California. Uh, Hollywood, I believe it was in Hollywood. It might have been somewhere else. But I was going to California, and it was with Southwest Airlines. Hi, Emily. Hi, Ray. How you doing, Julio Soto? If you guys could please tag some people, let them know where we are. It's a little bit chaotic as far as where to find the show on Facebook today. All right. So if you could help with that, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. So here I am. I don't know. Drop it in the comments the first time you ever flew on a plane. I'd love to see that. If you're on Clubhouse, drop it in the chat over there. If you are on Instagram or TikTok, drop me a comment. First time you ever flew on a plane. All right. I'd like to know that. So first time I ever flew on a plane, I was 18 years old. It was Southwest Airlines. I was headed to California. And the reason I was headed to California is I wanted to try out to be on Hollywood Squares. (laughs) that's right i had filled out an application and got an opportunity to apply to be on hollywood squares now some of y'all are too dang young you're like i don't even know what hollywood squares is all right well hollywood squares was a show where there was a mixture of like celebrities or there was a bunch of celebrities in the squares and these contestants would come in and they'd ask them questions and the celebrities would then act like they either knew the answer or didn't know the answer or whatever. And you basically play tic-tac-toe with celebrities and trivia questions, right? And I wanted to be on the Hollywood squares. I wanted to be on the Hollywood squares because I wanted and I wanted to win some money. <laughs> Ramon says first time on a plane. Flying to Trinidad. Okay. Dora Maria two years ago. Tarikas has never been on a plane, right? All right. So I wanted to be on Hollywood Squares. And I went and I got on this plane and I flew to, uh, I guess, Hollywood. Uh, I feel like it was in San Francisco. But anyway, I flew to Hollywood. And um, on the plane, I went to the restroom on the plane. And in the restroom on the plane, I smoked a cigarette. I smoked a cigarette in the restroom on a plane. And when I came out of that restroom, there were like flight attendants, security people, all kinds of stuff. And they pulled me basically out of that restroom 
and they told me that I was going to go to jail. They told me that uh, they had, they asked like where the, where the cigarette was. And I told them I had flushed it down the toilet and all kinds of stuff. And so they told me I was going to jail. They uh, told me that there would be federal officials waiting for me when we got on the ground. They pulled me out of my seat and had me move and sit up front next to them. And I was just like, it was, I didn't know. Like the first time on a plane, there's, there's ashtrays in the seats. Like, oh, I, I didn't know. I just, so I spoke back there instead of smoking in the thing. It was wild, man. And uh, once we landed on the ground, there were no other federal officials there or anything like that. Thank goodness. They just scared the living Crazizo out of me. <laughs> it was crazy, right? It was wild. And so I land out there. I apply for Hollywood Squares. I actually get a call back. They tell me, yes, you're going to be on Hollywood Squares. This is the date that you're going to be on the show. And regretfully, I guess you could call it regretfully, before that episode could happen where I could actually be on the show. Uh, it, it, they sold the show to somebody else. A new a new company took over. It's called H2 or something like that. It does. So I never got to actually be on the show, but it reminded me of that this morning. It reminded me of that this morning because that whole experience, like people in Hollywood are nuts, man. Let's just start there. Like when I was trying out for the show, they were just so over the top. But what also was memorable about that experience for me was here I was, I was young. I was very, very young. I was free at 18 years old. I was alone, completely by myself, had never flown before that I could remember. And I think back and I think, man, I was brave. I was brave. I was a, I was a big dreamer. I was ambitious. I believed in magic. Like I was a man with no plan B. I was a man with no plan B. And that was totally okay. I was totally okay functioning with no plan B. And now here I am 26 years later. 26 years later. And in many ways, not much has changed, to be honest with you. And at the same time, everything has. We're going to dive into this a little bit more today. Before we do, though, you know what we got to do? We got to do some dancing on this show. I do have to figure out why that music comes in so soft, though. That's okay. We can always change it we can always turn it up in the headphones turn it up in the headphones and then we can send it out send it out so clubhouse can get some of that vibe too for those of you that know and those of you that don't know this is the part of the show where i need you to hit that share button that's right i need you to hit that share button because I believe if we can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact on this planet. I truly believe that. And sometimes all it takes to change the way somebody starts their day is for you to hit that share button. So if you're on Clubhouse, share it out. 
TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Share it out, share it out, share it out, share it out, share it out. I greatly appreciate it. Now, this is also the part of the show where I'm going to say good morning to you. And I want you to say good morning to me, whether you're watching live or you're watching on replay, wherever you're watching, however you're watching, whether you're listening in, I want you to say what's up. I'll say what's up back. Good morning, Ramon. I'm so glad you're here. Kim Walsh Phillips. Great to see you. Dora Maria and Renee and Christina. Thanks for being here. Melvin, Sharon, Coco and Mary Kim are in the building. Coach and Nisa and Wendy, Anthony, Jennifer Ferrara is with us this morning. I'm glad you're here, Jennifer. What's up, Monica and Larissa? How you doing, TM and Abu and Connie? I see Josephine and Augustus over on Facebook. I see Lawanda Barber is in the building. Tony Thorstad is up in here. Kim Fair. Mr. Mike Higdon and Morgan Nelson are in the building. I know I saw Miss Liza myers Borges. I see Jarrett Ross and Robin Wilshans. What's up, Cheryl Alexander? How you doing, Mike Strong? in the building what's up west storm up in here today super glad you're here and over of course on instagram i see renee nor what's up renee thank you you're so kind mac tight radio is in the building who else we got we got anime anime edits is up in here over on TikTok. over on that side i'm loving it tom popelka brian ince ray hatcher scott hubert holbert What's up, Biggie Everett? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so thankful that you are all here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just got to let you know, hey, this all started in the automotive space. My man, John Paul Guidry. What's up, Janelle Griego? We all started this. uh, This whole thing started in the automotive space, right? That's where my background's from, where I came from. That's what out the area that I was raised in and got my expertise. And uh, if it wasn't for the automotive space, this show would never have existed. And so just want to give a shout out to my automotive fam. Thanks for being here, for always supporting all the things that I'm doing. Uh, We've had an opportunity recently to work with general managers and owners of car dealerships all across North America. And it's been the most amazing experience in my life. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll share a little bit of that with you guys so you can see what it looks like. Then we're going to dive into some good news with Jessica and Alex. That's right. We got some good news with Jessica and Alex today. And then I want to continue to talk about the generational impact and the effects that it has on your life. Things that have come before that have ultimately helped leaning, being, becoming a part of the decisions you make today. So all that and more. Stay tuned. We're meant to be around these folks. We're all on a mission to change the the perspective of car buying. Glenn always has that next move before any other dealers even thought about it. Love you know, every moment of being with the group, the friends that you meet, the ideas that you have, or that knowing that there's like-minded individuals who want to help others around them be successful. When you invest in your people, your business will grow tenfold. Is my cowlick showing? <laughs> Good morning. Ow! Good morning. Jeez, that hurt. <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to have you back. Thanks for having me. I'm Jess. 
I'm Alex, and we're the Good News Girls. What is your favorite snack out of a vending machine? Um, I like potato chips. Potato chips. So if Glenn Lundy had a vending machine here full of potato chips, you'd use it, right? Yeah. Okay, what if he had one outside, or someone had one outside? Yeah, I'll use any vending machine. Right, okay. There was a lady in Knoxville, Tennessee, working at Walmart, and she was on her lunch break, heard something from a vending machine, and guess what it was? What? A kitten. There had been a kitten stuck in a vending machine, a Pepsi vending machine. <gasps> Did they get it out? Yes, so she tried, she couldn't get it. So then she had to call the fire department, and Morristown Fire Department came to the rescue and saved this precious little kitten. That's They're a good day to be a firefighter. Right? Yeah. They're trying to decide if they want to name it Pepsi, Pepper, or Pep. What would you name it? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper. So you would keep it and yeah. name it Dr. Pepper. Heck yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that is our good news for today. Have a great day. What are you doing? Well, I'm adding a kitten vending machine to my list of business ideas. So you want us to find a vending machine to get kittens out of, or you're going to come up with it? I'm going to make a vending machine of kittens. So have you ever wondered why you think the way you think? Have you ever asked yourself that? If you're like, why, why do I think the way I think? I wonder why I think the way I think. Or am I the only person that does that? Right? Because <laughs> I know I've done that many times. I'm like, I wonder why I think the way that I think, right? Because I think in an, I think in an in, in, in interesting way, I think, sometimes, right? And there's other people that don't think like me. I'm like, why don't other people think like me, right? So I'm just curious if that's ever been an experience for you or has there ever been a scenario for you where maybe you reacted, Right? You reacted in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a certain way or a certain manner. And right after you reacted that way, right after you reacted that way, you asked yourself, you're like, where did that come from? Where did that come from, right? Where did that response come from? Why did I, why did I say that? I, I sound like my parents. Anybody having a, I sound like my parents a moment, Right? Well, here's the thing. If that's ever happened to you, if that's ever been your experience where you're like, ah, why did I say that? Why did I act that way? Then I need you to know and understand that you are not alone. You are not alone. And here's the deal. There is actually science. There's, there's literally science behind why you act or react I'm sorry, not act. There is science behind why you react the way that you do at times. There's science behind that. 
So I want to dive into that a little bit with you today because this understanding, grasping an understanding of this one particular experience, when I got a hold of this, it changed my life forever. Okay, so I'm going to share this with you. Might get a little technical, but this literally changed my life. An understanding of this changed my life forever. All right. So it starts with an understanding of your mind. All right. Your mind has two parts. Okay. Now there's all sorts of like physical parts of the mind, all sorts of different areas of, of all of that. Right. You guys understand like of the brain. Okay. And we're not talking about the brain. Okay, we're going to talk about your mind. Your mind has two parts, okay? Conscious and subconscious, all right? Some say there's a third layer, but ultimately it's conscious and subconscious. Now, your conscious mind, your conscious mind computes everything when aware, when alert, and when all is rational, Okay, the conscious mind computes everything when aware, when alert, and all is rational. Okay, everything in the conscious mind is stored in a rational order, it's stored in a rational way. Now, your subconscious mind, the subconscious mind kicks in in multiple, multiple, multiple different situations. The subconscious can kick in when you are extremely tired. The subconscious mind will kick in when you're drunk. The subconscious mind will kick in when you're high on drugs. The subconscious mind will kick in when you're in some sort of extreme pain. The subconscious mind will kick in when there's any type of extreme emotion, extreme love, extreme sadness. For example, the subconscious mind is where your fight or flight reflex resides, right? So you can imagine fight or flight, right? When you get scared, you're like, ah! That's a subconscious reaction. You're not consciously going, oh, that person just came around the corner and now all of a sudden I'm terrified, right? That's not conscious. It's subconscious. It's fight or flight. And sometimes you reach out and punch them in the face, right? Because you guys are all, you're all morning fivers, right? So you're tough. So you punch people in the face when they scream at you like that, right? But all of that exists in the subconscious mind. Like, have you ever had an experience where you were driving and you were really tired, right? You're tired and you're driving and all of a sudden, like five miles goes by or 10 miles goes by. And you're like, I cannot, I cannot remember driving for even a second of those 10 miles, right? That's because your subconscious mind had taken over. The subconscious mind was at work because you were in that tired state. So we need the subconscious. Okay, the subconscious mind is important. If it wasn't for the subconscious mind, we likely wouldn't procreate, right? So like a woman can go through the experience of giving birth. It can be a very painful experience. She will store that painful traumatic event in her subconscious mind. Therefore, 
later want to have another child or potentially want to have another child. Not everybody wants to have another child, but you know what I mean? Whereas if that was stored in the conscious mind, it'd be like, woman, you crazy. We ain't never doing that again. Hi, Emily Galler. So the subconscious mind is something we need. Now, here's the problem. The conscious mind stores everything rationally. Subconscious mind stores everything irrationally. The filing system on the subconscious mind is much more mundane. So let me show you what that looks like. In the, in the conscious mind, rational, two plus two equals four. The sky is blue. Grass is green. The smell that you smell is the smell of fresh cut grass and the pain that you feel in your knee because you just scraped it uh, while trying to learn to ride a bike is simply that. It's pain that you feel in the knee. All right. So in the conscious mind, everything is stored rationally. Now, in the subconscious mind, everything is stored irrationally. So same scenario, two plus two now equals four which equals the sky is blue, which equals grass is green, which equals the smell of fresh cut grass, which equals pain. Everything in the subconscious equals everything else. If you're learning to ride your bike, you fall down, you scrape your knee, you go into pain, you go into a subconscious state. Now it's going to start to store everything around the pain in the knee. It's going to store the fire uh, engine that's going by, the fire truck that's going by. It's going to store the temperature. It's going to store the smell of the fresh cut grass. It's going to store the sound of kids across the street on their bicycles laughing at you because you just fell down. It's going to store all of that in the subconscious in what's called an engram. It's going to store all of those things together. Now, later in life, 20 years later in life, you could be sitting at a stoplight It could be a summer day, a fire truck could go by, there could be three kids on the corner laughing on their bicycles, and all of a sudden, the pain will come back. You'll feel the pain in your knee again. This is why old folks are like, oh, there must be a storm coming in, I can feel it in my knees, right? There's subconscious triggers that are causing that pain, because the pain equals the fire truck, equals the kids that are on the corner equals the summer day. Does that make sense? So these things that are stored in your subconscious come up. When you go into subconscious states or they can be triggered by a similar scenario. This is why you often see that people who experienced trauma or tragedy, abuse when they were children are more likely to abuse or traumatize another as they get old when they're when they become parents or older this is how cycles of domestic violence cycles of alcoholism cycles of all of these things these how this is how these things get passed down from one generation see the generation before you impacted you and affected your life your parents your teachers your experiences the people you're around All of those things get stored, some in the conscious, which you can control, some in the subconscious, which you cannot. What's up, Nick Hadley? Great to see you. So why is this important? This is incredibly important because what you have to understand is you are X years old, however, however many years that is. You are X years old, okay? You are X years old 
And if you multiply how many years you are old, or how, yeah, how many years you're old are old times how many minutes there are in a year, then you would understand that every single second, every single minute of every single day, you are compiling data, storing some in the conscious and some in the subconscious mind. Now, most of it is getting stored in a rational way. Most of it's getting stored in rational while you're alert, while you're awake. Most of the data, the strategies, the thoughts, the ideas, some of that stuff is getting stored in a rational manner. However, you might be asking yourself why you're still not acting on some of the data you've received. You might say, well, I sit on Glenn's show and I hear all the things and it sounds great, but for some reason I never take action. Or you might say, I sit there in the Breakfast with Champions room for hours and hours and I listen to all of these incredible, inspiring human beings with these amazing strategies and tips and things that I should do. And I know I say I'm going to do it. And sometimes I get out the gate and I start doing, but then all of a sudden, three, four, five, 10, 12, 15, 18, three months later, I stop and I revert and I don't understand because the things that I am doing ultimately don't serve me when I know those things would. And here's why. 95% of your thoughts, words, and actions come from the subconscious. 95%. So you're storing most things in the conscious mind in a rational alert state. That's great. That's where you're storing most things. However, your subconscious mind that is irrational is what's in control 95% of the time. So you're acting without thought. You're acting because 95% of your actions are subconscious. You are potentially acting in an irrational manner 95% of the time. Not your fault, your parents your teachers, the television that you watched when you were young, the music that you listened to, uh, all of those things, all of those experiences, all of those experiences got stored, they got sorted, some were good, some were bad, but they all exist to be accessed. Everything, every minute, every experience you've ever had, it exists and can be accessed. The problem is there's two librarians that are accessing the info. You got one librarian goes to the rational card catalog and says, yeah, I remember this experience and I remember how that was. And I remember that this was equal, or I'm sorry, that this plus this equals this and this plus this equals this. Therefore, I can currently act in a rational manner. And then you have the other librarian, the irrational librarian, the crazy one that anytime you're in an emotional state or you get triggered or somebody says something or does something or a memory gets brought back and all of a sudden you're just crying for no reason. You don't even know why you're crying or you're, you're yelling at your kids and you don't mean to. And even in your head at the time, you're like, why am I treating them like this? I don't get it, right? Or you're getting back in bed when you know you shouldn't. Or you can't go on the run when you know you should. Or you're eating the foods that you know you shouldn't eat. You're drinking the things you shouldn't drink. You're laying in bed with the people you know you shouldn't be laying in bed with. You're going to work and giving it a 75% effort when you know you got to give it a 100. You can't consistently continue to do anything because the irrational librarian is in charge 95% of the time. 
The subconscious is in charge 95% of the time, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. That's why it's important you understand this. Because you're not alone, and it's not your fault. It's how we're built. It's how we're wired. If we weren't built and wired this way, we probably wouldn't procreate. Civilization couldn't exist. But see, knowing how my mind works, subconscious and conscious, knowing that most of my decisions are going to come from a subconscious state, knowing that 95% of my thoughts, moves, and actions ultimately come with potential irrationality. I was able to go learn three things that you can do. And I'm just going to give them to you super, super fast because we're over on time. There are three ways that you can take these subconscious thoughts and actions that are not serving you and move them to a conscious state where you can make them rational and they can serve you. The first one is forgiveness, grace, and understanding. Now, you've heard about this from the Bible. I'm going to tell it to you from a scientific side as well. When you have a traumatic experience stored in your subconscious mind, like it or not, think that you got it under control or not, it is influencing the decisions that you make. It is influencing the experiences that you experience. Forgiveness, grace, and understanding unlocks that. Doing that from a, in a conscious state, right? Taking a bad experience, taking a bad experience and in a conscious state, moving it to a place of positive energy through forgiveness, grace, and understanding, you can unlock that trauma unlock it and now gain control over it. You'll never forget it, but you can gain control of it. The second thing that you do is you, or the second thing that you can do is you can reprogram your subconscious mind. You can actually reprogram it. How do you reprogram? You reprogram through habits that allow you to create space. You reprogram through habits that allow you to create space to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do until they become things that serve you. Example, morning five, no phone, no snooze, gratitude and goals, take care of the physical, send out an encouraging message. You develop that habit, it creates space that allows you to create space. Doing something that you don't necessarily want to do until ultimately it becomes a subconscious thing that serves you. I wake up, when I wake up every day, my body subconsciously without thought moves in a certain direction. Glass of water, use the restroom, grab the planner, write the gratitude, write the goals, take care of the physical, send out encouraging message. It's default. It's been reprogrammed. What's up, Paul Brady? Great to see you. It's been reprogrammed. I've reprogrammed my subconscious. It's without thought. When you get to that place to where it's without thought, like my man Don Sankey, who's now worked out every day for 1,800 days straight, it's without thought. He just naturally wakes up and goes into action. You can reprogram, but it's going to only be through disciplines that allow and create space for you to do that reprogramming. And it's usually things that you don't want to do. You just got to stick with it. 67 days until something becomes easier to do than to not do scientifically. 
So first, forgiveness and grace will help you unlock and move things from subconscious to conscious. Second, reprogramming through creating space, through habits and disciplines compounded over time will equal transformation. And third is identify and handle. There are so many things that we've swept under the rug. So many things that we don't want to maybe re-experience. There are so many things that we've stored in the subconscious. We just, we put it there so that we never have to look at that boogeyman again. At some point in your life, you're going to have to identify what those are and you're going to have to get them handled. How do you get them handled? Well, sit with someone that you love and you care about in a well-lit room while you're wide awake and alert and relive those experiences. Talk through them with someone that you can trust. Talk through them, relive them, and continue to talk through them over and over and over again until there's no emotion attached to it. If there's a story that every time you try to tell it, you just start crying, that means it's still got a hold of you. But if you tell it in a conscious state and you relive it over and over, what will happen is you'll take that data that's stored in the subconscious, move it into the conscious. You'll take it from subconscious to conscious. And once it's in conscious conscious state, then you can rationalize it. And once you can rationalize it, you have control over it. When you have control over it, you have power. And when you have power, things cannot overpower you. When I learned about the conscious and the subconscious and how these things get stored in our mind, it completely changed my life. When I learned that through forgiveness and grace, reprogramming, and making sure to identify and bring awareness and actually handle those things that were causing that were holding me back. It was a game changer for me. And my hope is that it's a game changer for you. All right. Thanks for your grace this morning. As I went over on time, I've got to go because I'm going to head out to the airport. I'm going to talk to some folks over on clubhouse um, as I'm packing up real quick. Um, but I got to get out of here. I love you. Have an amazing day. If nobody's told you yet today, I want to be the first. I do. I absolutely stink and love you. Make sure you share this out if you haven't done so already. And uh, with all that said, get the heck out of here. I got to go. See ya.